you know. Yeah, I'm, You're, being, I'm being recorded right now. Don't yeah. take my fucking line, bro. I already told you about that. Cause my line. Shut up. I gotta make sure my um, can't, my mic keeps switching for some stupid fucking reason. Did you tell in the middle of the interview in the middle of that last episode I switched my mic? Uh, at some point, I feel like yes. Yeah. It was when uh, we talked about when we talked about Rodriguez, no? Yeah, yeah, right around there. I feel like it was like right. It was like halfway, eleven minutes. I looked and I was like, fuck. Yeah. All right. Five, four, three. Can you just get over to the right a little bit? Two and one. Welcome to yet another episode of a Native MMA Radio. And we have a great lineup well, for you guys this Saturday night. Anthony Smith returns to take on one of the fastest rising lightweights that I've or started light heavyweights that I've seen in a long time. Alexander Rakic. This dude is fire. Let me tell you what. Rakic is seriously a threat to that number one contender slot. The only person who has beat him is Vulcan No Time Uzdemir. Besides that, he's went in there. He knocked out Devin Clark. He knocked out um, Jimmy Manawa. He knocked out Justin Ledette. Alexander Rockage is a bad, bad man. I'm excited for this fight. Huge step up in competition with Anthony Smith. It really shows if he's ready for those top contenders in the 205-pound division. And we're going to find that out come Saturday night. And this is a huge fight for both guys because now that there's no champion in this division, everybody wants uh, he wants that belt. So it's good. People will go straight killer. I feel like there's a lot of guys. There's Dominic Reyes. There's Global Teixeira, who's actually won against Anthony Smith. There's Anthony Smith also. There's Rakic if he wins this fight. There's so many guys who actually can potentially. There's Blakovich. There's so many guys potentially can be champion right now. Yeah, a huge, huge hole. Yeah in that light heavyweight division was lifted and the the longest reigning light heavyweight champion has decided to relinquish that throne and focus himself on the heavyweight division. We talked about that last week, John Jones yeah. deciding to go up and wait. That's an exciting news for everybody, especially those light heavyweights in the UFC. Cause it was so long where it was so hard. If your name wasn't Daniel Cormier, you weren't getting anywhere near that gold unless you were John Jones. You know, with all the legal trouble that Jones went through, DC was able even to get in there and get those light heavyweight titles. But now it's free reign for somebody like an Anthony Smith or for sure if Rackets gets a huge victory for them to leapfrog a lot of people and be right in the thick of things in a fight or two away from a huge title shot with anybody. We don't know who the champion's going to be. It's going to be Reyes versus Jan for the unified title. But, I mean, we don't know if the next person in line is going to take them out. You know, we have Anthony Johnson, who is going to be retesting here. I believe he's already started. So you have to be in the USADA testing pool for six months before you can take a fight. Now, with Johnson obviously just entering that, so what does that put us at, like, February, March? Yeah. Right around Uh, there, he'll be able to take a fight. When did he start to get tested? Because I feel like we were— Last week, two weeks ago. I feel like maybe it's earlier because uh, we've been taught like there was rumors of Anthony Rumble Johnson coming back. About it, but he never actually got into USADA's testing pool. Mm. Ali Abdelaziz has confirmed for sure he okay. is now in it and super ready to go, man. That's a dream fight. John Jones against Rumble. We got robbed. Ooh. We didn't see it. If we see it at a heavyweight, it would be maybe even better. I don't know if it, it, Rumble's talking about going to 205. 
Oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, when John Jones is like, hey, listen, I'm not going to fight there anymore. Wouldn't that be the division you're going to? Or are you trying to go fight Jones? Because that's a, a killer. We're talking about there's definitely different levels to this, and John Jones sits on a throne of them all. Yeah, and uh, finally, finally, John Jones is moving to heavyweight. People will be shitting over him, saying that maybe he lost to Dominic Reyes. I agree with it, that maybe he deserved a rematch. Listen, John Jones has nothing to prove in this division. He defeated champions after champions after former champions. Uh, listen, he, he really cleared the division, I feel like, maybe two two or three times. What does he need to do more? Like, yeah, that's it. Least. If you if you want just to see him keep on fighting light heavyweight guys until like he gets bored and lose a fight, no, we want challenges. I feel like in heavyweight there's so much challenges for him, and yeah, yeah. no challenges at that. Yeah. Not talking, we're not talking about rematches. We're not talking about guys who came up from middleweight. We're talking about guys who can match power with John Jones. He gave us two rematches. He gave us the one against Gustafson, which he won like clearly. And he gave us against DC. Like, no, you cannot and, be and told. He yeah. even pointed that out. He said every time he's had a rematch, he has looked great in that, and he has stopped his opponent. Yeah. And yeah. he said, what makes you think that I was worried about a rematch, Mr. Dominic Reyes? Yeah, I agree with him 100%. The very first fight of this night is in the women's strawweight division. Mallory Martin is taking on Hannah Cypher. Mallory Martin has had one fight in the UFC. She lost that. Hannah Cypher has lost three fights in a row. These two young ladies are going to go in there with ill intentions to finish one another because they both need a win, especially Hannah Cypher, in a bad way. Yeah. Like I always say, we need to have a heavyweight division in the first in the first fight, but uh, whatever, <laughs> hey, listen, whatever. Some of these women go in there and they put throw it down. You and I just talked about what was the best fight of this year. Two yeah. women, two straw weights at that. Yeah, I agree with you. Listen, this can be a hell of a fight, but just like uh, I have my routine, I like uh, the first fight to be heavyweight, <laughs> and I like it to, to get a, an, an early finish so I can watch um, more of the other fights, but. Listen, I, I I stay up until 2 a.m. to start watching the, the early prelims. So I feel like I deserve to have, like, Dana White make me make for what I want, you know? I'm, I'm doing it. I'm killing myself for it. But for this sure. is an interesting matchup. Uh, not a lot of information, Biggest I feel like. takeaway for me, Hannah Cypher has a 100% takedown rate to where Mallory Martin's takedown mm. defense is only 25%. So yeah. I think that is that the grappling is going to play a huge, uh, you know, statistical background in this fight, especially if Hannah Cypher is going to come out victorious in this. I would be exploiting the grappling advantage that I have, and I would be taking her to the ground early and often. And I feel like it will be the game plan. I mean, we can only hope, correct? Yeah. I mean, when you're 100% takedown. Just, just go in there and take it down, all right? That, that's better than Khabib Nurmagomedov, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, weirdly, yes. But a good fight, nonetheless. I mean, I, I know you're a little upset that it's... No, I'm not. Come on. But, come on. I'm not upset. But, but besides that, I think it's a pretty damn good fight. Yeah. What do we got next? Another bantamweight uh, fight in the female division. Poliana Viana against Emily Widmer. This is in the strawweight division, and I, I love Pollyanna Viana. She is a, a dangerous fighter. Let's talk about the strikes here for a second. Pollyanna has 3.89 total strikes per minute. Her striking accuracy is 41%. Her defense is 54%. They have very similar striking defenses, but the 
output is extremely different. A whole sh- more strike landed, and that's a lot, especially when you talk about you know per minute. Yeah. And, and uh, the the biggest takeaway for me is takedowns. Um, for me, I, I I would have to give Emily Whitmire the grappling uh, cap here for this one for sure. Uh, but Pollyanna Viana has lost three fights in a row. That's uh, uh we're, we were talking about this the other day. There's going to be cuts coming up in the UFC soon yeah. for these girls who have lost three in a row. You really, you got to go out there and put it all on the line because your name could be on that chopping block. There are plenty of women coming through the contender series right now. And all of these two, all four of these women need to make an impression and need to make it right now. I think the most safest out of everybody is obviously Molly Mallory Martin. She only had one fight in the UFC. She's coming off the contender series as well. Uh, super excited for her future, but uh, all four of these young ladies need to go out there and bring it. And the four of them uh, are in the losing, they lost their last fights. So four of them needs definitely, desperately a win to not get maybe the axe. Well, listen, Sean Brady has won both of his UFC fights and all 12 of his professional fights. He is yeah. fighting in the welterweight division this weekend up against Christian Aguilar, the beast, man. I'm excited about this fight. Christian Aguilar's striking output is 10 strikes landed per minute. Holy fuck, does this dude have output? If he uh, and Sean Brady, if you haven't watched Sean Brady fight, uh, go turn on his two fights against Court McGee and uh, yeah. Nurmadev. I can't yeah. say his last name. Not yet. But yes, <laughs> yeah. those two were amazing fights. The pressure that Sean Brady brings, if Christian Aguilar puts it on Sean Brady like you know he normally does, it's going to yeah. be a, a very compelling matchup because we know Brady can take a good punch, and we know that obviously Christian Aguilar has a lot of output. So it, it, more likely than not, he's going to hit you with a big punch. My thing is how many of those punches can Sean Brady absorb, and how long can Christian Aguilar keep it up with that pace? I don't think he's had cardio issues in the past. Obviously, he looked good against Ivy in his UFC debut, but we'll see. Well, undefeated fighters always intrigue people, and people really want to watch him either to keep on winning or to get that that first loss. So, uh, very excited. He won by in like 59 seconds, I believe it was. Yeah. So, super exciting for this fight. Christian Aguilar versus Mr. Sean Brady. Now, Alex Caceres has had multiple opponents this weekend. Yeah. Gija was one of them. He is now actually going to be taking on Austin Springer at UFC Vegas 8. Super excited to see Bruce Leroy back in the octagon. Bruce Leroy has been a veteran of the octagon for a very long time now. Yeah. Alex Caceres, man, beautiful, beautiful takedowns that he lands 76%. He went in there and took out Chase Hooper, who was a very promising young fighter coming up. He beat, you know, a ton of people here recently. His biggest loss, though, Cron Gracie, obviously went out there and was able to do his same thing. But he beat yeah. Steven Peterson, and Steven Peterson's a beast. We've had him on this show multiple times. He got a huge spinning back fist win in, uh, where the fuck was he, San Antonio last year. So uh, uh, sky's the limit for Alex Caceres. He goes in his ruts though so he'll win a couple yeah. fights he'll lose one he'll win a couple fights he'll lose one i don't know the alex caceres we're gonna have but he's definitely always an exciting fighter like we talked about these cuts i don't think alex caceres name is going to be anywhere near the chopping block just because of the fact that what he's able to do and what he brings to this fight game 
Yeah. Uh, so just want to point out uh, his last win also against Chase Hooper, man, which was he was a huge underdog, I feel like. And uh, just want to point out something in the in the early episode that we just recorded. I spoke about people getting hyped up just uh, as a reminder. Chase Hooper is also on the list. So, yeah, if there's someone getting well, hyped up, I mean, just we, helped, we helped that hype a little bit. I mean, we would always talk to Chase when he was, yeah. you know, with Titan and everything. And uh, we, we, we've definitely ridden that bandwagon a pretty long ways. But Alex Caceres just outstruck him and really outclassed him. And he really showed that, you know, we might be on the same level, you know, on paper. But when you put in my veteran experience on top of it, it it's a totally different ball game. Now, let me ask you something about this fight. Uh, he was first supposed to fight against Giga. Now he's fighting against Austin. Austin actually had... Giga was his third of, uh, or okay. his second opponent. Okay. But Austin actually have a win against Giga. So what do you think about that? Do you feel like it's a step up for uh, Alex Caceres actually fighting against Austin? No, because Giga, uh, especially right now, is a name. And with what mm-hmm. he was able to do in his last fight, he's a very exciting fighter. There's a lot of hype behind him and his name. I feel like Alex could have benefited more off of beating Jigga. Now, I'm not taking anything against uh, taking anything away from Oster. I think yeah. it's a great fight either way. I can't wait to see Bruce Lee we're back in there. But uh, I really feel like it's going to be you know a, a, another long night for Mr. Austin Shepard. I agree. In the middleweight division, we have Alexio De Sicaro, Chikara, Chirico. I don't know the fuck you say his last name. Alexio De Chirico. That's what his name is. That's why we got Walid over here. He'd be getting all those hard names and shit. And Zach Cummings. Look, I could do that. That's all American right there. (laughs) Yeah. Zach Cummings, 23 and 7. Alexio is a 12 and 4. Listen, a huge difference when you look at these two records. For Cummings, win, loss, win, loss, win, win, loss. For the other way around, loss, win, win, loss, loss. I mean, some big names. Kevin Holland has beaten Alexio, uh, Spicey, Julian Marquez, Murdov, uh, Zach Cummings has beaten Trevin Giles. So that that's a pretty pretty big name there. He lost to Akhmedov. I don't really know how I feel about this fight. I, I really feel like it could be one of those fights where I don't really remember a whole lot about it come Saturday. Um, I agree with you. What we can say is that both fighters actually lost their last fight, and uh, Chico, uh, the Chirico, is uh, on a two-fight losing streak. So maybe he will have to bounce back if he doesn't want to get cut. I feel like because uh, things are coming up, and like you said, people will get cut left and right. That's the yeah, season. You gotta understand. Like. There, there. I mean, last contender series, there was four fighters signed every single yeah. Tuesday. We're signing three to five fighters. Uh, they, they can't keep just inflating the roster. They got to cut some of the dead weight. And if you're not active, uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. tough. If you're not, you know, Ray Borg just announced his retirement. Yeah, I saw that. Huge, man. Huge. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show, but uh, crazy, man. Yeah. Mackie Patolo Coco Bombs is returning after a... Quick loss to Darren Stewart. He was controlling the fight against Stewart, got caught in a guillotine, which was deep, and that's Stewart's game. But Mackey has looked very good in this middleweight division. He's going up against a newcomer, Impa. I'm not trying to say Impa's name, all right? (laughs) Impa was on the contender series. Yes, can you? Uh, Kazanganai. Kazanganai. So Impa 
just fought on the Contender Series, I want to say two, three weeks yeah. ago. One of the first, uh, uh, second episode, I believe. So he's still fresh. He just got out of camp. Mackie, the same thing. This could be a very intriguing fight. I don't think that these guys are going to go in there and expect it to be a five-round war. I feel like both of these guys just got done fighting, and they might just go in there and try to just bang it out in the first round and see who's the better man. But there's a there's a, I feel like there's a difference because Impa is actually on a roll right now. Seven fights, seven wins. You know, he won like a couple of days ago. Maybe a week and, or two. And I want to say he fought literally like a couple weeks before he came on to the Contender Series against in LFA. I'm not too sure yeah. about that, but uh, I want to say he's definitely had a very, very short turnaround in this fight. And I'm excited, man. Uh, I'm excited for what he can do in the UFC. I'm excited to what he can do in the middleweight division. In this fight, Coco bombs. There's a reason why they call this dude Coco bombs. He yeah. throws bombs. I'm excited for Mackie Patola. I'm excited for Impa. I'm not trying to butcher his last name again. Yeah. I love this fight. On paper, this could be one of the fights of the night. Obviously, the next fight we're going to talk about is fucking bonkers. Yeah. But this fight right here could very, very well be one of the better fights of the night. Definitely a great fight to have uh, as the main event of the prelims. 100%. Now, let's talk about the one fight the rematch that no one's really talking about a whole lot. And I feel like it's kind of disrespectful. Okay. Magomed and Kalaev is taking on Ion Kuntilaba after a very disappointing fight the last time where the ref jumped in. Uh, let's, let's, let's take it back. Okay. Ion Kuntilaba was playing a little rope-a-dope with Magomed and Kalaev and the ref jumped in thinking that Ion was out on his feet Obviously, he snapped right out, and he was like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you stopping this fight? It was yeah. a crazy situation. I thought Ion Kuntalaba was just trying to goat Magomed into that kind of, you know, shooto-box-style fucking fight, which we used to see, like, Vanderlei get in, where you guys are in a phone book, and you just swing and see who's the better man at the end of the day. Ion Kuntalaba is a dangerous fighter that way. Magomed and Kalayev is a great kickboxer who takes his time with you and he really yeah. works in his combinations and he beats you down throughout the fight where Kalayev is just looking to separate you from your soul. Yeah, and uh, for that first fight, like you said, it was pretty disappointing, but uh, can you really blame the, the referee if you play possum? Like, that's a risk. I, I have to put some blame on Ion Kuntilaba for not, and his team, and his cornerman. Yeah. How do you not you you meet with the refs before the fight? How do you not say, hey, listen, there might be spots in this fight where I'm gonna try to goat him into fighting me, where I'm gonna play a little bit of rope dope, and I might seem like I'm out on my feet. I'm fine. Just well, so well, you know yeah. ahead of time, I'm okay. Don't jump in and stop the fight. Like I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I feel like when the referee comes to talk to you in the back and he asks you questions. You should you should point I out this thing. I guarantee you that was part of his game plan. I guarantee you. It wasn't something that he came up with on the fly. You know, they were trying to goat Megamed into a fight like that. They wanted to make it a phone booth fight, and they wanted to just slug it out. Ion Kuntilaba did everything he could to make that possible. It just didn't work. Yeah, I agree with you. But listen, now we have the rematch. Now there's no referee problem, no everything. We know all about it. Just go out and, you know, go out let's there, have fight exactly here we go we starting them or no sorry that was the last fight 
uh, Ion Kunzalaba versus Magomed was the start of the main card. I believe this is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. Now, uh, the great matchup right here. I was super excited for the original matchup. Ryan Hall was supposed to be fighting Ricardo Lamas. It was going to be a huge yeah. step up of competition for Ryan Hall. He was finally going to get a featherweight with some credibility behind his name. Unfortunately for Ryan Hall, though, he got injured. Bill Angulo stepping right in, I believe, making his UFC debut. Yes. I love it. Listen, when you're willing to just jump in short notice and, and let's just take the fight, whoever we got to fight, whenever we got to do it, let's do it, make it happen. And I love guys like that. You know, it, especially with the situation that we're in, if you are one of those fighters who are on the outside looking in and, you yeah. know, on the cuffs of joining the UFC, you should just be ready at all times. And, you know, those fights of Ricardo Lamas, you know that the bully will go out and try to bully the other guy. And you know that it will be just a brawl. The guy is now 38. I feel like the it's for that a fight. Alvin Cater fight really showed. For a fighter that fight like him, I feel like age is definitely his enemy. And uh, if I feel like Bill, if he really played that fight like really smart, he can win these fights. I will not say easily, but you know what I mean. Yeah, Angulo is seven years the younger to Mr. Ricardo Lamas. Super yeah. exciting fight between these two. I really feel like, you know, like you said, Bill could really pull off an upset on this one. I, I would love to see what the uh, line is for that fight. And I might yeah. even throw a little bit of money on Mr. Bill Anguli. Mm-hmm. Joy Yun Kim is taking on Alexa Grasso in the women's flyweight division. And this one is one of those fights where, you know, especially if Alexa Grasso wins, she could be a fighter two away from a title. It really puts her in title contention. Uh, G Kim beat our good friend Nadia Cassium in her last fight. Alexa yeah. Grasso lost to Carl Esparza. I didn't really think she lost to Esparza. She beat Carolina Kukin her fight before that i'm excited for these two g and alexa have a high striking output uh but really uh, when it comes to uh, grappling and takedowns yeah. it, it's almost non-existent for kim uh, i don't even think that she's even attempted a takedown in her entire ufc career so when you think about that uh it, it's almost astonishing that really all it takes is even having a blue belt in jiu-jitsu yeah. and you're probably going to beat this girl just take her to the ground yeah and uh, you know uh, there's no doubt that alexa grasso even though she's still young 27 year old people have been saying that she is the next the future of this division and the future champion for a long time there's no doubt about that but this is really the time where you need to get some uh, wins to, like you need to win after win after win because it's been a couple of fights where she is losing, winning, losing, winning, losing, you know, and that's not looking good. Even though in this division you can have some losses and still be able to get a title fight, but it, this is the moment. I feel like this is a moment where you Especially need to really with the step situation up. Situation with everything going on around us. Exactly. You know, it, it's a huge opportunity for these fighters who are in America and willing and able to to travel and make these fights happen for them. We don't they, we don't have a date set for Abu Dhabi next. They haven't yeah. even announced where the next fight, the UFC, you know, Acosta versus Adesanya is going to be. We don't know if that's going to be at Abu Dhabi. We don't know if it's going to be at the Apex yet. It, it's almost like a, a state of uncertainty. We know there's going to be a fight. Yeah. But if you're in America, you're more likely to get those opportunities than if you are an overseas fighter waiting until they go back to Abu Dhabi. 
either way, I feel like those two fighters can potentially fight for the belt, maybe somehow, maybe not after this fight. But both fighters, like if they fight for the belt, it will be a big fight because if he, if it's uh, Kim who wins the fight, this will be a huge fight in the Asian market. If Alex, uh, if Grasso win and she gets, let's say, I mean, a couple of fights, the title fights. Uh, Grasso is actually someone who the UFC been pushing ever since she joined the UFC. So uh, definitely both of them needs to win this fight because this can be like the really the fight that can change everything for them. You're absolutely correct. Uh, these young ladies are both, you know, with a win here, two, three wins away yeah. from the titles very easily. Very. Uh, I have to stop you, though. And we're talking about the future of the Asian market. Jan... Yayo Zano, whatever the fuck her last name is. She's fighting Claudia Gadelia. She fought yeah. Carolina Kolkevich. Yeah. yeah. That chick right there. That chick, yeah. Is fucking dangerous. She's fighting she Claudia at UFC 253. I believe this is going to be the third fight. The co main event is the title fight between Dominic and Jan. And then the main card, obviously, huge fight with Izzy and Paulo Costa. But I'm super. That chick, Jan, I really feel like she's the future of the Asian market and of that strawweight division. There's definitely an invasion right now when it comes to those division, like even in the males division, like the, those light division, yes. those lightweight division. Listen, there's some killers. We, we, if you watch one championship, you know what we're talking about. And uh, yeah, very excited about th those guys coming and those ladies coming uh, to the UFC right now. And this fight is also amazing. Now, we're talking about people who are, you know, coming into the UFC. Let's talk about people who have been here for a while. The co-main event has two UFC veterans on here. Yeah. Guys with more than 10 UFC fights in them each. Robbie Lawler, the former welterweight champion, returns against Neil Magny. Neil Magny has, you know, really turned it on since coming off of his suspension. He was suspended for steroids, I believe. He looked beautiful in his last fight. Robbie Lawler, on the other hand, is unfortunately on a three-fight losing streak. Four, uh, five out of his last Sorry, four out of his last five fights he has lost. The only fight he's won was against Donald Cowboy Cerrone, and that was forever yeah. and a half ago. Woodley he lost to, and that was for his title. He lost to Dos Anjos, then he lost to Askren, but it's a very controversial fight. And then he lost to Colby Covington, which there was no questions about that one. Colby definitely yeah. ran through him. What Robbie Lawler are we going to see on Saturday night? That's the biggest question in my mind. Biggest question. That's the biggest question. And like you said, I like the fact that he's fighting another uh, fighter who's been a some sort of veteran in the UFC, even though he's much younger than him, but... Listen, Ruthless Robbie Lawler had so many wars, so many wars, man. I can't even count them. Like, he'd been fighting, he had some wars ever since. Like, in 2004, his fight against Nick Diaz was a fucking war, a two-round war. So, he'd been fighting that since forever, and he's been fighting, like, a that dog-style type of fighting ever since he started his MMA career. Bro, so, he had hair when he started fighting. Yeah. <laughs> okay? That's how long ago it was. That, he, the he so looked like ahead. another fighter. Yeah, 100%. I, I you, with, the, with the hair, he looked like another fighter. Dude, completely. And there was opportunities, there were situations where when he had his hair, they, the, you know, people in the media would confuse other fighters for him. Just to point out something, uh, Neil, uh, Neil Magny, first fight in his pro MMA fight was in 2010, while Ruthless Robbie Lawler's first fight was in 2001. 
Yeah, and, and there's only a five years age difference. Not a huge, you know, gap. Five years isn't a whole lot. Yeah, but come on. There's some wars. There's some a lot of five-round wars difference between the two the two guys. And uh, I really hope Robbie Lawler, we see the best version of Robbie Lawler, not the stiff version of him where he, he just take damages and yeah we know that you have a, a yes, hell of a shin but we need to see more he comes out he's gonna murder neil magny yeah i know i know listen but neil magny fight was good. arguably arguably one of the best fights i've ever seen in my entire life arguably i feel like this is the in the carlos condit was right up there as well that robbie lauder that's a welterweight champion that we had who fought against uh hendrix and uh you know Mm-hmm. He he! It was the best version. His prime, the prime Robbie Lawler was at that period, and he was the most dangerous man alive. That was after he had been cut once. Yeah. Went but to, he went elsewhere. He looked very good elsewhere. Yeah. They brought him back. Really capitalized on his opportunity. Yeah, he like when he came back, he fought against Koscheck, you know, Walker, Rory, Hendrick. He murdered Koscheck. No yeah. one had knocked out Koscheck like he did before no that. Bar. Robbie Lawler literally took Koscheck out of the fight game. He is so, so, so dangerous. And I hope to see, at least because I feel like it's his final run, we'll have like a couple of fights, Nev, more maybe for Robbie Lawler. I, I really hope that we see the best version of him. 100%. Now, I, I really hope that we see the best version of Anthony Smith because I don't know if we've seen it in his last fight. I really feel like yeah. Glover Teixeira was able to uh, just maul him you mean he was a situation where anthony smith even got his veneers knocked out his fake teeth it was just crazy i mean the fact that we even talked about why didn't the you know the corner throw in the towel type stuff uh alexander rakich has never had a situation like that i don't know where mentally alex smith is after his last fight and i don't know if it was right for him to take this fight i'm not going to condone him for taking this fight he's his own man he's gonna do what he wants to do he knows his body better than anybody he knows if he's ready or not but from the outside looking in i i maybe would have taken a couple more months off and maybe that would have been the you know the, the bad thing for him to do like i said he knows himself better than anybody but as as somebody who yeah. is a fan of Anthony Smith, I would have loved to see you know just a little bit more time off. That Glover Tech Cheryl beating was life changing. I agree with you. Ooh. And he had a, and he had a lot of in his, on his plates when he fought against Glover. He had that robbery that cool. happened. Yeah, so that's too much. But listen, I agree with you. I feel like uh, he fought his that fight was in May. Maybe he needed to wait more. But you know, but you know, you know exactly that. Because John Jones left this division, you need to be active. And you know that because this is his chance or never, and he knows it. Is it dangerous what he's trying? Is he stepping up a little bit early? For sure. No, 100%. There's no he's question about that. Dangerous Alexander Rockers. Alexander Rockers has literally split yeah. people from their entire body. He did it to Jimmy Manuel with a beautiful kick. Uh, it, it, it could be a quick night for Mr. Anthony Smith and not in a good way. But there's definitely motivation when it comes to Anthony Smith right now because he knows. He fought against John Jones. He felt that he got robbed. He felt like he could have won that fight. Him and Dominic Reyes, arguably, they are the two guys who really gave a fight to John Jones. No, Thiago Santos. Santos. Santos also. Santos also. I was at the Smith fight and I thought it was actually kind of boring. I don't know if it was just because I was just so hyped because my boy Kamaru had just won the title. Yes, I threw in a little shameless Kamaru is still the champion. Okay, I'll do it every once in a while. I know. Kobe. 
<laughs> any anyway, he feels like this is his chance or never, and I really agree. The guy is 32, but he had so many fights. Like on paper, they're, they're pretty even. Besides, obviously the fight, the fight count total. They're six foot four, both of them. Alexander Rockets has a two inch reach advantage. Both old orthodox fighters. Yeah. it'll be interesting. Um, uh, there's not a whole lot of takedown and you know time spent on the ground grappling between these two in five rounds. There is a lot of strikes output between the two of them. The Biggest thing that I've noticed, so is the defense of Alexander Rakic is just a little better than the defense of Anthony Smith, and the output and accuracy as well is a little better than it is for Mr. Anthony Smith. He absorbs way more punches Smith does than Rakic. I honestly think Rakic is going to go in there, and in the first round, he's going to beat Anthony Smith. I I, I truly feel like this is going to happen. And I I kind of agree with you because that reach advantage that Rakic have can maybe be the difference. You know, with if he keeps on lighting him up with those jabs, that would be a tough night for Anthony Smith. In some way, I agree with you that Rakic may be the winner, but I feel like Anthony Smith because listen, his his nickname is Lionheart, and I feel yes. like he is he's never out really, of fight. Yeah, never, and he knows that he's his chance or never to win the belt. So. I would go the opposite way for you than you. I really feel like Anthony Smith may be the winner in this fight. Both these two gentlemen coming off of a loss. Both of them obviously have the two fighters they lost to in their way. A big performance tonight. You possibly leapfrog one of those guys. You don't know what happens next between those guys too. A huge performance tonight. Put or sorry on Saturday night puts you right there on the short list of who is a contender in that 205 pound division. Yeah. That's a fucking great main event. Great main event, great card. Do do you think it lasts five rounds? Do you think it lasts five five rounds? I don't. I I really feel like it's going to be early. I think Rakic knocks him out in the first round. Truly, I I feel like this is going to happen. And the one thing to me is uh, Rakic has an 88% takedown defense. 88 percent huge so if you can keep this fight standing against someone you're a little longer than it's much better for you you obviously know that the output is there for Rakic he has the gas tank and he's willing to go into a war yeah okay three fights to watch uh I will go to the early prelims with the Alex Caceres fights because I feel like I've been a Caceres doubter at some point. I felt like he is like the, he's like Artem Lobov, a lot of wins, a lot of losses, you know, but uh, he's really stepping up in his last fight against uh, Hooper. uh, That fight, he really impressed me. So I feel like maybe we didn't see, uh, there's still, there's still more in Alex Caceres. Yeah, Alex Caceres versus Austin Springer, excited for that fight. My second fight will be Grosso against Kim. I'm a big fan of Alexa Grosso. I feel like her boxing is great. So really excited, and I hope to see her win in this fight. And for my third fight, I will go with the the main event because I feel like the one who's going to win this fight may arguably fight for the belt. For sure. Uh, The co-main event is right there. So ripe for the taking. I'm going to step away from it, though. These three fights uh, are the ones that really jump off the page to me. Magomed and Kalaya versus Ayan Kuntilaba is an amazing fight. Those two yeah. really, both those guys go in there and bring it, and it, it's pure violence. Yeah. Now, Mackie Pozzolo, Coco Bombs versus Impa, say his last name for us. 
Castanoia, whatever his last name is. Listen, I'm excited for Impa. He looked phenomenal on the Contender Series. Mackie looked phenomenal on the Contender Series. These two are going to go in there and throw it down. Sean Brady versus Christian Aguilar has a high output fight written all over it. Don't blink. It's going to be exciting. I really, I really, really like this card. Really, really, like we we've been we've been talking like uh, off the air, me and you, about this card yesterday, and dude, that especially the main card, especially the main card, like yes. the main card, that first fight, you've been a Kuntalaba, you've been a you've been hyped about Kuntalaba since a long time, and Bro, you know listen, you know you paint your whole body green and you're ready to go in there like the whole for weigh-ins, yeah, that's awesome. How long do you think it takes that man to get ready for the weigh-ins? I don't know. I bet but, you at least uh, like two hours. And then how long do you think it takes? Because like he'll go in his fight, so have a little bit of green on him. But it sucks. <laughs> it sucks when the preparation for your uh, weigh-ins lasts longer than your last fight. Yeah, well, that's not his fault. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a small jab, but I needed to throw it because he needs to really show us in this fight that it wasn't a fluke. One hundred percent. After this fight, what's next? What do we have on the horizon in the UFC? Oh, listen, in the horizon, we have Overeem against Sakai, which is a... Ooh, Alexio Sakai is badass. I feel like a lot of the the older MMA fans who watch Pride and have a lot of CTE right now, even though they are just fans, will love (laughs) this fight. But uh, there's a lot of things going on right now. We have McGregor, who's chilling and chilling and chilling in a vacation, who's actually doing sports with the... Queen of Monaco in France. We have a rumor of Tony Ferguson against Dustin Poirier. What do you think about that? I think that's a great rumor. Unfortunately, I would have loved to see Dustin take on Michael Chandler. But yeah. hey, beggars can't be choosers. This is a great fight no matter what. Exactly. And it really a... throws one of these guys right back in the thick of things. I actually have another you thing. You want to fight Khabib next, you got to fight either Justin or Tony. And they're like, fuck it, we'll just fight each other. So there's another thing actually I want to talk to you about is we've been talking about Dana White being one of the greatest promoter in maybe in the in the history of MMA, no doubt about it. But maybe even in the, the whole fighting things because what even in the boxing, combat sports in general, even in the the boxing world, like you have coaches like Teddy Atlas who actually had a great podcast saying that Dana White maybe even the guy who can save boxing. We know that. UFC maybe will start a promotion, a boxing promotion pretty soon. But the UFC went uh, on another level when they actually bought a new, more land to actually build their hotels. What do you think about that? They bought 10 acres right next to the Performance Institute, I believe. And, and, you know, it's going to be a situation where they're able to cater these hotels around the fighters. I yeah. guarantee you that these suites that they have inside these hotels, we're going to have saunas in them, going to have areas for mats that are big enough for some of these heavyweights to move around in and stuff like that. And yeah. really like the Performance Institute is built for a fighter. This hotel is going to be built yeah. for the fighters, state-of-the-art kitchen i guarantee you to have all the best meals for these fighters to help them prepare for these weight cuts and everything and and it's a huge situation because you know money wise let's talk about that for a second dana white out of their ufc's budget has to pay for these guys to come down and stay in hotels they're right now currently renting out two entire hotels in the vegas area just to have everybody you know stay safe and in their own kind of little bubble like the nba is doing they have to do the same thing out here 
it's crazy because they're going to save money hand over fist by just building them their own establishments and having their own people, you know, do all the maid work and stuff like that. And it opens more jobs for people in Vegas. It's it's a great situation for the UFC. What the UFC does for the community in Vegas, obviously, with all the jobs they're able to output is also great. Uh, it's smart. Uh, Dana White is the smartest man in this combat sports world. And especially, he's a hustler. He was just born to hustle. And that's all he's been doing ever since then. And this is great because I feel like it's he's really taking it to a whole nother level. Uh, I feel like maybe next in that area, maybe we'll have an MMA museum or whatever. Because, listen, in the soccer world, and I'm a huge soccer fan, those big teams... Football. Yeah, exactly. And their big teams, like their stadium, it's not just a stadium. It's You have... Shops, you have, you have museum, you have you have everything. Like if you go there, and this is maybe what the UFC is taking it to another level because if when they go to Madison Square Garden, it will always be the land where boxing shined. You know, it's yeah. and UFC came. But if they have their own thing where they only it's only UFC, it's a whole nother level. And I really, really, Dana White will always surprise us. Always, Fire Island, this, everything is the best literally the best and smartest mind in combat sports that we have right now. And I keep telling all people all the time, you know, everyone's talking about oh, what's happens if Bruce leaves, what happens if Joe leaves, what the fuck's it going to look like when Dana leaves? Uh, that truly I don't know. worries me. I don't know, but what I'm seeing right now is he is building a legacy that's the next guy, that like the heritage, the next guy that will, will run the UFC, it will be really easy for him because he will have everything in place I feel like he can't fuck it up, really, because he's building everything. The next guy, what will he do? He will just maybe upgrade stuff, but Dana White is really building the platform where the UFC cannot be destroyed, which is crazy. And uh, I, will, I, I want to talk about something else right now. I want to talk about the, the heavyweight division and the, the champion, Stipe Miocic, who actually said that he wants to box and maybe he's dodging Francis Ngannou. Do you think it's a negotiation type of thing that he's I trying to do? I truly think it's a negotiation thing. I truly think that okay. he's trying to make his way to John Jones any way possible. No matter what, people have already seen that Francis fight. Yeah. People have already bought that pay-per-view once. You know, uh, some people might not buy it again. Some people like us, obviously, don't, don't give a fuck who's on the main card. I'm going to buy it no matter what. But... Yeah. Casual fans will buy John Jones versus Stipe Miocic. Stipe Miocic is the longest reigning heavyweight champion that we've ever seen. John Jones is the longest reigning light heavyweight champion that we've ever seen. The yeah. history between these two, how they've dominated both of their divisions. And if those two collide, could be one of the biggest draws the UFC ever has. Now, oh, certainly uh, the biggest one outside of a Conor McGregor, Khabib Nurmagomedov. I agree fight. with you. Now, another thing, and this may be my last thing about uh, what's going on right now in the MMA world. I saw like this morning when I woke up, uh, Ariel Hawani talking about uh, Megan Henderson against uh, Amanda Nunes and saying that Why? it's her. <laughs> no, it's happening and it's her last fights in the, what's interesting it's about it's her last contract fight and if she wins she will get renewed but what if she loses the area one dropped a rumor about the division getting shut down because there is no more challengers for amanda nunes in this division like it's 
it's like it's he didn't say like there's no more because uh, there's nothing that like just just to talk about Amanda Nunes and say how much she's great. She is that great. She destroyed everyone in this division, and there is no Chris Cyborg for a rematch. So should should they like cut this division if Amanda Nunes win this fight? What if Kayla Harris can clear her contract with the PFL? A lot of PFL fighters right now are asking for a release. Will will you will you keep a division and keep fighters, keep them on a payroll just for a fight? I don't think you could give Kayla Harrison a, a title shot right away. I think you'd have to build her name a little more. She only had five or six professional fights. I think you would have to keep the Norma Dumonts around. I think you would have to keep the Megan Andersons, the Felicia Spencers. I think you'd have to keep those girls around. Yeah. Maybe. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe Amanda Nunes, uh, pretty soon she will actually retire because uh, I'm a big believer. Having a baby. I'm I'm a big believer of uh, champions retiring when they are at the top. I don't want to see champions. uh, Well, who wants to see like Tom Brady who actually got, who left the Patriots to another team and he will maybe never win, you know? Just retire. You have... You have like 11 rings or whatever the fuck. I don't know how many rings he had. Maybe six, I think. But uh, just retire. There's nothing else to prove. True, true. What else do you have you to prove? You know what I mean? Yeah. But Amanda Nunez, I mean, is literally the GOAT of all of the women. Not just yeah. her division, not just the two divisions she's won in. Every single division, she is the greatest female fighter of all time. I'm not a huge fan of Amanda Nunes, but yeah. I can I have to respect what she's done. And and she's a myth. I agree with you. She is the greatest of all time. She won against Ronda, Misha, Holly, Cyborg, everyone. You name On it. On paper, she beat Valentina twice. Valentina, and do you want to see her lose against someone who? You know that if it was Amanda at her prime, she would never beat her. I feel like I would rather see her legacy being I would, I I would be upset if I didn't at least see one more Shevchenko fight. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, I I really believe... That's the only thing, though. The only. And she should be negotiating about this fight. She should say the only fight that I... Irene Aldana, if she beats Holly Holm, I I, I could see that being an interesting matchup for her. Two, you know, southern South Southern American women. Yeah. There's always names. John Jones cleared the division. I mean, I don't know how many times, and there's always, always new names, you know. So, do you keep on fighting until you can no longer fight and until you lose, or do you retire when it when the the time is right? That's the question. Uh, I mean, shoot. If you're the champ, I say retire on top. If yeah. you're not the champ. If you're on the outside looking in and you've always been on the outside looking in, you never know when you're going to get your Michael Bisping moment. And when you're on that notice, when you're on that goat uh, discussion, because she is in the, just not in the female division, uh, the, uh, in general, yeah, the whole she is maybe. Game. Yeah. So do you really want to tennis your, your reputation by losing to someone who actually should not be? Has she even looked like she's even been? hurt at all in any of these fights no no but there's option for her i feel like i feel like uh she can be a true leader of the of the lgbtq uh, community she can be a huge leader to the female division she can be a huge leader for the brazilian sure i think there is a job for her at the ufc once she leaves fighting 
She can she can do movies like maybe she can do it right because Ronda fucked it up and started doing movies and she was still a fighter. Yeah. Maybe Amanda can do the correct thing, retire, go do movies, and she can Dude, do Amanda, it. Amanda, what if she was like a Bond villain? You shouldn't even have to say shit. She, of She's course. Just a scary, course. imposing she young lady. She doesn't have to say anything. Ronda success, had a movie career success. Um, Corano, Corano, or what's her name? Gina Corano. Yeah, she had also a she very still success. has a very still. successful. So why not her? Shout out to the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? Anything else uh, for this weekend current events? Um, I feel like in this is what's great about the UFC, man. Every every sport right now is either going somewhere or not going somewhere, or you don't know what really is going on. But the UFC is the only sport that's actually keep Keeping on moving, and moving and moving, brother. Well, yeah, I, I love it. I said it all the time. Thank you, Dana White. You are doing a tremendous job. But yeah, that about wraps it up for our coverage of Anthony Smith, Alexander Rockage. Super excited for that fight. I got Rockage with the victory. Mr. Wally Walls got Anthony Smith. So obviously, as always, we'll be looking forward to this fight. ESPN Plus, 6 o'clock when the main card starts, guys. Don't be late, and we'll see you next time, knuckleheads. Peace.